What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Bridie. Hey, baby. This is our podcast. This is our podcast. Um, hi, everybody. I'm Jeremy, and I am sitting here with my wife. My wife, Bridie. <laughs> God, that's so overdone, but it's still never not funny. My wife is with me, Bridie, and uh, we are making a podcast. We're making a little, a little married podcast together. Uh, I am a host of another podcast called Sick Boy Podcast. Um, and I do some other things like do some acting sometimes. Bridie, what's up in your life? Um, at the moment I am also an actor. I teach some yoga classes from time to time. And we're, we're uh, kind of the same person. <laughs> I teach yoga too. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't host another podcast. Well, you do now. <laughs> so now we really do all the same things. We sure fucking do. <laughs> and we're married. Mm-hmm. And we are going to sit down with people and talk to them about their uh, their sexual experiences, what makes them, what turned them into a sexual being. This podcast is all about sex. Mm-hmm. Would you say? I would say absolutely. Yeah? Well, I mean, that's the seed we're going to plant, and then I guess see what happens from Whoa, there. Whoa, <laughs> we're going to plant some seeds, <laughs> let me tell you. Unfortunately for me, I don't actually have seed to plant because I'm sterile, but uh, that's... You plant seeds in other ways. I do. Yeah, yeah I do. 
uh, mind seeds. I carry many of your seeds. Uh, well, yeah. Well, I, I, I do. I still have spunk. I just don't have sperm that are coming out with it. Mm. Is that seed? Um, like, what is my cum? What I, is my cum? That's my I, question. I have the seed. Do you have the seed? I think so. No, because the sperm is the seed. No, the sperm is the fertilizer. Uh... Is it? You have the egg, the seed. What comes first, the seed or the egg? <laughs> well, that is the question that we are looking to answer here on Turn Me On Podcast. <laughs> so I guess I should explain why I don't have seed. I have so I have cystic fibrosis, which is a a, a, a genetic lung disease. I, I think can't. Everyone listening to this already knows that about you. <laughs> In case there's someone who doesn't know, uh, it's also something that I just can't help but tell everyone that I have CF. But People with CF, our, our sperm is all weird. So we just don't have sperm. Our sperm is locked in a prison of our balls. balls. My sperm is in my ball prison. Oh, God. Yeah. And I benefit from that in that I don't have to take birth control. Yeah. And we can have sex without condoms. Mm-hmm. And it's super fun because mm-hmm. we don't have to uh, worry about that shit. Yeah. But. Kind of we do now. We kind of do now. Because. We've we, introduced multiple partners. Polyamory mm-hmm. to our relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a big part of this podcast, right? A hundred percent. I think that uh, as of a couple years ago, we started um, opening up our relationship sexually. And then that grew um, into more emotional connections with people. But uh, primarily, yeah, we both were interested in getting it on with other people. So um, we established some pretty great boundaries, I think, and, uh, and embarked on this crazy and mm-hmm. wonderful journey of um, sexual exploration. It's definitely an, uh, an adventure, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, a lot of exploring going on. Peaks lot, and valleys. Yeah, a lot of peaks, a lot of valleys. Mm-hmm. Speaking about experiences, yeah. uh, we're both very open-minded people, right? I like to think I'm pretty game. I'm pretty game, too. Yeah. We've had some threesomes. Yeah. Um, uh, I was invited to an orgy a few weeks back. I've peed on someone. You peed on Jesus Christ, Pridey. <laughs> on purpose? Uh, yeah, it was requested. <laughs> okay, well. Uh, so, yeah, we're pretty open-minded. Um, I got I got a I, – something happened last night okay. I haven't told you. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> so I am, curr- I am currently seeing somebody else, a mm-hmm. uh, partner of mine, Becca. Um, and uh, we went to a party together last night. And when we were at this party, yeah. should, do you want the story? Do you want the story? Or do you want me to just tell you what I did? Give me your story, baby. Well, here's the thing. I am a uh, very straight male. Oh, sweet. But last night, I made out with a guy. Oh. <laughs> I can't believe I wasn't there. That really, um, I'm a little... A little buttered? I'm a little... I'm so I'm so filled with conflicting emotions right now because I have been waiting for this for so long. Well, but I thought I would be there. Well, let me tell you the story how it went down because it was really interesting. So okay. here's the thing: is I am I have for you know quite a while always thought, man, how great would it be if I was um, into guys too. Mm-hmm. Because it would just make so much more room for activities, right? It would mm-hmm. open up the doors, like that's what I'm saying. Yeah, um, but I have an issue where I don't like penises mm-hmm. at all. I love my penis. I'm a big fan of my own dick, but everybody else's dick, not 
a big fan. I feel like that poses a bit of an issue with, you know, getting on, getting on with guys because I can't I can't handle the the package. But I've dabbled. I've thought about it. I've thought like, well, what if, you know, what if I had a dick in my hand? Like, would I be really uncomfortable? Or what if I had a dick in your mouth? Had someone? No, no, I, I don't ever want that. <laughs> uh, but what if I had my dick in another guy's mouth? Like, would I would I mind that? <clears throat> Maybe not. I don't know. So. Last night, I'm at this party, and I don't know anybody there. This is Becca's, this is like Becca's crew, and she barely knows anybody there. And there's this guy there, and I see him, and I had a very brief interaction with him when I first arrived. And he seemed like uh, one of those guys that just like is really radiate, like he radiates like um, um, friendliness and like, and he just seems like a really pleasant dude. Were you just looking in the mirror? <laughs> I, so I was looking at this guy from across the way, and I was like, you know what? If Becca's off, like, you know, I don't know, smoking a hookah or whatever, like in the other room, I'm going to go make friends with this guy. And I love making new friends. You know that. Um, it's one of my favorite things to do. So I go up to the guy and I'm like, hey, man. And he's like, hey, I really like your hair. Now, I take a lot of pride in my hair. I, I uh, like, I'm a bit of a diva when it comes to my hair. And I didn't say it. I said it. I fucking fully said it. And so I was like, oh, pfft. Thanks, man. Uh, and he goes, man, I, I can't do that. Like I had this, you know, my hair was like kind of up and sort of a, you know, quaff. just like just a quaff. <laughs> a quaff. Uh, uh, so I had a bit of a, a bit of a quaff going on. And uh, he was like, yeah, I can't do that. My hair is so coarse and like curly. And I was like, really? He was, yeah, yeah, feel it. So I felt his, his hair. And I was like, oh, yeah, dude, you got like a, like you could have like a Bob Ross thing going on if you let this grow. In my mind, I'm going, cool, we're bonding here. Like, I'm making a friend. I just I just gave him like a noogie kind of, uh, and I say, so what's your uh, what's your affiliation here? And he's like, you know, I'm like, I'm like the the uh, and as he as we're talking, okay, mind you, it's very loud, so we have to be very close. And he has uh, his hand on the small of my back, and I'm just thinking in my mind, this is nice. You know, we're bonding. This guy has you know he's a comfortable male. I'm a comfortable male. He has no problems being close to me. Like. I'm not getting any of that macho bravado shit, which turns me off big time from friendship. Like I, when I see that stuff, I don't want to talk to that person. So I'm like, this guy's cool. And then he goes, yeah, I'm the token uh, gay friend from out West. And I go, oh, that's why we're standing this close. So he goes, I'm the resident gay guy. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> cool, man. And he goes, I take you, you're not gay. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not. But uh, you know what? I've always kind of wished that I sort of was a little more gay than I am. But I'm very straight. And he's like, really? Really? Because you're gorgeous. And I was like, oh, oh, shit. He's, now he's hitting on me. Now I know for sure. So I'm like, oh, well, thank you. Uh, no, but I, I've got this thing where I just, I can't, I can't do dicks. Like, dicks aren't my thing. And he's like, yeah, yeah. But like, have you ever, uh, you ever kissed a guy, though? And I was like, ah, no, no, I've never, ever like full. I mean, aside from like in a improv scene where I had to give a guy mouth to mouth um, for comedic effect. No, I've never really kissed a guy. And he's like, ah, you should try it. I was like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. So then I said, also, I'm like, I'm really picky. I've got like really weird high standards. Like I'm not that big into like hair and, you know, men with like a lot of hair. And this guy's pretty hairy. He's got like a really nice coarse beard. He's got that thick head of hair. And he's like, oh, yeah, so you're not, like, really into bears? I was like, no. And I was like, are you a bear? 
Because he's, you know, he was, he was like, he's a bit bigger than me. He goes, no, no, I'm not a bear. He kind of laughed. He's like, no, 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 I'm not a bear. Um, uh, a bear is a bit bigger, a bit bigger than me, like more burly. And I'm like, okay, cool. Because like, I've heard of like bears and like twinks and, and otters. He's like, my boyfriend's an otter. And I'm like, so what's an otter? He's like, well, a bear is a big man, big man, like big bone. That doesn't have to be fat, but like a big guy, lots of hair. An otter is a real fit guy who also has some hair. And then a twink is just like hairless, like very feminine, mm-hmm. small guy. So I was like, oh, I must be a twink because I'm a small guy. And yeah. he goes, he goes, mm, no, I don't think you're a twink. You're an otter. I well, he goes, well, he goes, no, I don't think you're a twink. And I'm like, really? He goes, you got any hair under there? And so I pull up my shirt and he goes, oh, you're an otter. And I was like, Oh, I could feel his heart on. Like, <laughs> like I could, I could hear his heart on in that moment. And I was like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah, you're an otter, man." And I was like, "Well, that's cool, sweet. That like, this is interesting." He's like, "You've never kissed a guy?" I was like, "No, man, no." He's like, "You should, uh, you should kiss me." And at this very moment, Becca comes over, and I'm like, "Uh." Wow, this conversation is getting real intense. And Becca's like, what's going on? I'm like, uh, well, Ian is gay. And uh, we were talking about maybe kissing each other tonight. And Becca was like, oh, you guys should totally do it. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if I'm ready for that. I was like, look, Ian, I'm sorry. I am not drunk enough. So I'm going to go drink some more beer. So I go and I drink some more beer. Man, if you said that to a girl who suggested that you you kiss her and you're like, <laughs> I'm not drunk enough for that, that would be a that'd be a whole. Other and when story. I said I'm not drunk enough for that, his eyes were like ding lit up. He was like, Yeah, you go drink. Oh my, you God. go drink some more. So we end up going to a different part of the party upstairs. This is a hammock, and Becca's like, Come in the hammock with me. I'm like, Okay. So he sit in the hammock, and I'm saying to Becca, I was like, Man, what a crazy thing that Ian just was like let's make out right there. And she was like, yeah, it was kind of interesting. And as I'm saying this, he walks in, I go, Ian, your ears must be burning. And he was like, oh, are you talking about me? I was like, well, I was, I was talking about just how funny that interaction was earlier. And he's like, yeah, are you up for it or what? I was like, oh, I don't know. And he, he starts leaning in for a kiss. I'm like, oh, okay. And he comes in and I, I, I turn it like at the very moment, give him my cheek and he kisses my cheek. And then he's like, ah, oh, okay. And he gets up He's like, I respect that. Gets up, starts to walk away. And Becca's like, that was your fucking chance, dude. And I go, and, and then I had this overwhelming feeling of like, I'm letting everyone down. Mm. I'm letting, so I go, Ian, come back here. And he was like, huh? And I'm like, come fucking kiss me, man. And it was like the whole party stopped. Every, it felt like all eyes were on us. And he comes down, plants this big old kiss on me, like straight to tongue. There was no warm. He was like, I'm going to fucking... Mm-hmm. You want me to kiss you? I'm going to fucking kiss you. And it happened. And I took a second. And I was like, God damn. That felt really good. And I ended up making out with him three more times that night. <laughs> okay, when you say make out, like how long are these Well, sessions? like, you know, not, not very short, very short. Like, like a minute. Oh, that's that's good. Like we're yeah. That's not like we're, a three second. We were macking. Yeah, for for a, like for a break, and I could only handle it in little spurts. And then what would happen? And well, then I'd stop and laugh, <laughs> and like laugh, and then be like, I gotta go, <laughs> and then like walk away. 
But here's the thing: is that there was no, there was no, at no point. I was really enjoying it. Like he's a really great, he was a really great kisser. Um, uh, but like there was no point where I was like, like, uh, you know, sometimes when I'm like having a good makeout session, I can like feel myself getting mm-hmm. hard. Yeah. You know, like I'll work up a bit of a, a bit of a chub. There was none of that. Like I didn't, I wasn't like, I wasn't feeling, I wasn't feeling my, my genitals like being fired up, mm-hmm. but it felt really good just to make out with this guy, mm-hmm. just to kiss this guy. So where anyway, were your hands? Uh, like on his, like on his waist, like on his sides. And you- I think I might've grabbed his face. Like once or twice, he was definitely like he had hands like on my face. He like he fucking grabbed my ass real tight, and I was like, "Well, I think it was like when the moment I was like, ha, wow, he he, I gotta go.'" <laughs> like, and then we were we were talking, and I said, "Do all guys like have to like? Is it always a back and forth? Like, you take it in the ass, and I take it in the ass, or are there some guys oh, that, that are just like I don't fast. take it? In, well, I was just asking about you know being gay. So I was like, "Do like do some guys just not take it in the ass?" And he was like, "Ah." Those guys suck. And I was like, oh, well, I'd be one of those assholes if I ever turned gay. Because I don't like the idea of a wiener in my bum bum. It's not so bad. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and then he said, he did say, he was like, you know what, I'd, I'd, I'd be real gentle with you. I'd, I'd, I'd take it slow. I'd just press up against you. Just I press against. I want to have sex with this guy. Dude, he was, and, yeah, and he's a doctor. Oh, like, perfect. I know. I know. Because you know that I, like, I have my own fantasy threesome that I'm, I'm waiting for you to open your mind to. And this is why this is a very exciting first step it is. towards that because, um, because you, you said know. that earlier today and in my head, I was like, Oh man, wait till you hear this fucking story, Bridie. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm really excited for you. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds like a wonderful first time. Um, yeah, I'm happy for you. I'm happy for me. Yeah. Cause the boy and I liked it. See, I don't have, I haven't had that same experience with a woman because um, I've made out with women before and I've never, I, I guess it's nice because kissing, making out, like I think you probably know this, it's my favorite, it's like my favorite thing to do probably mm-hmm. physically mm-hmm. after da- dancing um, is making out. And I think that my experience with making out with women is that I don't get the, like the firmness of pressure back that I need, but I've only made out with a couple of women. So, and they're both very like feminine and soft. So I, I think maybe if I, if if I found the right woman, um, who's like maybe more aggressive, uh, it might work. Mm. I don't know. Maybe I should go to one of those parties. Yeah. Well, yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody was super high on Molly as well. <laughs> I think that, you too? No, not me. No, it was like me and Becca were like the probably the only two people in that place that weren't mm-hmm. rolling. Right. So that maybe that played a role into it as well. But uh, yeah, interesting time. Interesting times indeed. Speaking of interesting, that was a pretty great conversation we had with John Owen and his wife, Sarah. Yes, yes. A very interesting couple indeed. Not every day you get to sit down and talk to uh, a former Playboy editor, uh, Playboy.com editor, and a and a current uh, curator for porn. Not um, porn. Not porn. Stay tuned. Oh, 
No spoilers. No. I guess we'll just throw it to the conversation. Uh, this is the first conversation we've had on our sweet little married podcast with John Stewart and, and his lovely wife, Sarah Beal. Sarah Beal. Uh, enjoy. Why don't you tell us your name and uh, and where you guys are, where you're from? Yeah, so my name is Jonathan Stewart. I'm originally from here in the Maritimes, where this is being recorded. And uh, I'm based out of Montreal. I've been there for about a decade uh, for stuff related more directly to sex, besides the fact that I'm male-identified and have a penis and like having sex. I've worked tangentially in the field. I was a Playboy.com editor for a few years. What? Uh, now I'm I'm no longer in... Related uh, now. Now I work in in quizzes and online games, which is very different. Uh, but very, I did very different. Very different. But I did have <laughs> I did have a professional relationship to sexy stuff for a few years at least. What were you doing with Playboy.com? I, I was a writer and an editor. So, oh, get out! Yeah. Do people read Playboy? Was no. It, no, it's no, that's, not. It's one of the problems. That's why I'm no longer there. So they had a <laughs> they had a Montreal office that they closed uh, because of that. Uh, that was one of the issues. Uh, right. But it's it's still they they still do make a profit and they're still kind of cultural mover and shakers. But it's mostly like they make most of their money from uh, branding, right? So it's Playboy yeah. shower curtains and Playboy perfume and Playboy energy drinks. Yeah. That uh, that the revenue comes from. Uh, the magazine has actually gone completely sex free. Uh, not sex free. Sorry. It's as of as nudity. of uh, very recently, right? Very recently. That's yeah. right. Did you say nudity free? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no more nudity in Playboy. They finished it. They're done yeah. with but that. I thought that was their thing. I it know. was until now. Uh, yeah, I know. Big big changes. Is it happening. just a big magazine of ads? Uh, no, it's like lifestyle and culture, and and they did do like journalism, sometimes heavy hitting journalism and important mm. articles on the website part. It was it was a little bit lighter. It didn't when when I the website I worked for when I was at WithPlayboy.com also didn't have any nudity, though we had you know lots of sexy content and then mm-hmm. the occasional sort of deeper article or more journalistic article or republished interviews or articles from uh, uh, from the uh, magazine. Cool. And Jonathan, you're here today with your... Are you uh, guys married? Yeah. yeah. Your wife. With my lovely wife, Sarah Beale. <laughs> hey, Sarah. Hey. Also from Montreal, I take it, but kind of from Via here. Halifax. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, sweet. Um, and what do you do in Montreal? So I work for a company called Make Love Not Porn, which is based in New York City. So I actually work remotely. Um, I live in Montreal. That's my choice. I've been very lucky to uh, be based out of there. Um, yeah, Make Love Not Porn is a uh, an enterprise that um, is designed to socialize sex and make it um, possible for people to talk more openly and honestly about sex and sexuality. Well, gee whiz, that is straight <laughs> up our alleys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I am the curator and community manager for MakeLoveNotPorn.tv, which is a real-world sex video site. So we are the forefront of the social sex revolution. So um, people submit videos of themselves having the sex they have in their everyday lives um, to our site. All of our content is entirely user-generated. And um, I curate it, which means that I review all of the videos that come to the site um, to make sure that they're in line with our criteria. What a fun job. It's a pretty great job. You know what one of my first jobs ever was? What? You might actually cringe at the at the the thought of this, but my first job ever yeah. was at a place in Lower Sackville 
by the name of Excitement Video, which Ooh. is a adult video store. And I remember toy Excitement store. Video. Yeah, it's now Pleasures and Treasures, but uh, <laughs> it's still around. But um, I, w- the one thing that I noticed, so obviously it's called Make Love Not Porn, mm-hmm. and you you didn't actually use the word porn once in describing what it is you guys do. Yeah. So would you not call it porn? Yeah, no, we we consider ourselves um, an entirely different category of sex video. Basically, um, you know, we're pro-sex, pro-porn, pro-knowing the difference. We're not anti-porn. But we think that more often than not, there's a difference between what people see in porn and the way people have sex in the real world. So Big time. We say, you know, porn is performance and um, amateur. Um, every, everything built as amateur, most of it isn't actually amateur. Um, and also amateur implies that, you know, it's the porn performers who are the, the experts and the rest of us are bumbling idiots. And mm. we don't think that's true. So we, what we showcase is contextualized real-world sex, which means we have people shooting before and after, um, leaving in as much as possible, doing as little editing, you know, showing people, I don't know, elbowing each other in the face or losing yeah, a lube bottle yeah, right. or whatever. Do you guys look, so, you know, you're talking about curating. Do you look for those sort of personal sex bloopers? Like in oh, yeah. within the, like, does that, does that kind of up the, the oh, yeah. chances? Really? Oh, cool. I mean, we love that. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. we, we have a 45 minute reel that we've started screening just to kind of showcase what, what we mean when we say that real world sex is different from porn world sex. And, you know, we have some clips of like cats getting on the bed and, <laughs> you know, Cats lying on the bed during very passionate, loud uh, sex. What and about leg cramps? That's that's one that always gets me. <laughs> yeah, leg cramps. Um, we had a coughing fit. I can yeah. totally relate to that one. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, so and people film it their own on their own. You know, they don't have obviously film crews come in and, yeah. and shoot this stuff. So they do it with their own kind of like iPhone or on their laptop or with their, you know, yeah. their home camera. Yeah. I mean, our, the most important thing for us is that people aren't performing for the camera. Mm. So tech specs definitely come second to just people doing what they do in their everyday lives. But that said, you know, like technology, you know, the advancements in smartphones and stuff like the cameras are great and there's all kinds of little gadgets you can get. And so some people just, um, you know, put a a phone on their dresser and record. And then some people get a little fancier and we'll do like two angles or get like a fisheye lens or, you know, do it, it now, you know, so my, um, working at a porn store Mm -hmm. and like my online porn browsing sort of history, I know most of like the sex that I view to get myself off. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll use porn just for, you know, for like, it's porn. I'm watching porn. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I watch porn, right? (laughs) Jesus Christ. Uh, But the porn that I watch, there's, you know, it's, it's all categorized. Yeah. Right. So it's like, oh, this one focuses on, like ass play or this one focuses on like certain fetishes or whatever is there does does make love not porn have its own categories or mm-hmm. is it oh cool okay 
Yeah, so I have a couple of things about that. One is, yeah, we are inventing our own language around real world sex. So we think that, you know, a lot of the language that we use now to talk about sex comes from porn because porn is kind of like in a lot of ways rushing in to sort of fill a space where people aren't talking about Mm. it the way you guys want to be talking about it. So we end up using the language of porn to describe what we do. So um, on Make Love Not Porn, you know, we have our own... Uh, word for going down on a woman. It's called a lick job. Mm. There was a little bit of a debate over whether we <laughs> should call it a job because most people don't think it is, and we don't really either, but we wanted something as sharp as just, you know, you could just say it. It, yeah. didn't, it wasn't too descriptive. Um, we have a word for, um, we have a tag called soft serve, which we define as... Um, when a guy's dick isn't super hard, but is still awesome in the extreme. So we like to celebrate how, like, dicks are not hard, like, the whole time you're having sex sometimes. That is great. Yeah. That is great. I'm all about that right now. I was having that experience literally this morning. <laughs> where I was like, I'm not super hard, but I'm feeling pretty good about what's going on yeah. right now. Yeah. S- soft serve. Yeah, and you oppose that to yeah. porn, you're not going to see a, sem- a semi-lip dick or a, yeah. a softer dick or basically a non-erect penis the whole time, right? If Ooh. you're watching, there are 45-minute porns, hour porns, you know, that penis is going to be artificially hard the whole yeah. time, which is not the reality. Or if right? it goes soft, you know. Um, there's someone on, there's, there's the fluffer on set. It, or, you know? you know, oh, yeah. right. Yeah, sorry, I kind of jumped in there. Yeah, well, the, 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 then off-screen, there's the fluffer and the, and the medicine, so. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. What other, are there any other interesting phrases that people might be like, oh. Well, one I like is we call 69ing going Dutch. I fucking hate that position. <laughs> you know, I do hate I've seen 69. some impressive 69ing. I've heard it called a working vacation. <laughs> and I That's feel kind of funny. Like, yeah, like nothing. How can it possibly be pleasurable for both people? It, like, I, I just can't. I just can't. I know, love it. I love 69 Most men that I know... That I've slept with too. Why do you hate it? What is it like? What is it about it that you hate? Because when I'm being, when I'm getting a lick job, I like to relax. Nice one, nice, nicely nice. done. Yeah, yeah, nicely done. I like uh, it. <laughs> and I find that most times in sixty nine position, I'm on top. Right. And I can't really, really relax. So I'm not enjoy. I don't get like a lot of. Also, I can't really give cues or like instructions when my mouth is full. Mm. So because it's not polite. And I, <laughs> I, it is the ideal position to give a blowjob to a man. I find yeah. just with the shape yeah. of the throat and the dick. But I cannot relax enough to enjoy myself. And what about like a sideways sixty nine? Okay, to me, giving a or receiving any kind of um, oral sex is really about, well, any, I guess any kind of sex is like really getting a person's rhythm. Yeah. And Mm. when they're, when you're, when I can't listen with like my full attention, that I don't feel like what I'm doing is to the standard that I like to do. It's multitasking. Like kind of like multitasking, right? It's like you're, yeah, Yeah. there you go. That's Mm -hmm. it. Okay. Yeah. I think I, I don't personally love it. Like, I think watching other people do it and really enjoying it, mm. it's part of my work. 
um, has has made me more of a fan in theory, like I see. But I, I think like sometimes for women or if you're somebody who's getting a lick job, like there's a certain level of needing to go to a place like where you can kind of relax and just really feel what's happening. And I think if and you're breathe. multitasking, then it's harder. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I... <clears throat> That's just yeah. how I feel about it. I just need to put that in there. I didn't mean to I, interrupt. No, no, I, I, no, I think it's perfect. Right. I think that's a perfect thing to drop in there because it's interesting to know that. It's interesting to hear other people's perspectives on what do you guys call it again? Lick jobs? No, it's just, oh, going, going Dutch. Dutch. Going Dutch, yeah, going Dutch. I like that. Yeah, yeah like isn't it cute? I like the term. <laughs> yeah. I, I've it's heard cute. that feedback from other women as well. So it's not just you two. Mm-hmm. Where it is, like, yeah, they'll do it, but it's not a mutually the same way that, like, it's it's very similar to just giving a, a guy a blowjob, right? It's like oh, like some, some guys like being really pressed up in there, you know, woman's genitals. I don't know when I became an OBGYN, but um, <laughs> yeah. so that's yeah. pleasurable for the male, <laughs> and then receiving the blowjob in that position is very pleasurable for the male for yeah. the anatomical reasons I've already mentioned. But it's really hard for a woman to come. So I've actually heard other women say that, like, yeah, I'll do this, but it's not it's not actually the mutually beneficial thing that it's that that you may think it is as a male, or you may have seen in a porn. Like, yeah. I'm not going to have, like, maybe 10 orgasms or a orgasm, but I'll do this because, you know, you want it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And, I, like, it's a visual thing, I think, for men as well. Like, there's a visual aspect to it. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. Doesn't do it for me. But no. Yeah. Just get a whole bunch of balls in your nose. <laughs> so. <laughs> Comes yeah. back later on in the day. No. Yeah, I guess I wouldn't be a big fan of balls in my nose either. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Well, so it's so great. It's not just me. No. Mm. But I, I'm curious about uh, other than like the soft serve thing. Are there other kinds of really common um, things that happen sexually? Like I'm trying to think of what the woman equivalent of that is. Like maybe not like getting super wet or um, like one time mm. yeah. I was having sex with someone and I pulled out some lube, and, and he was like, you don't really need that, do you? And I was like, that is not the thing to say. Well, Bridie is pushing um, our buttons. Sorry, continue on, Bridie. <laughs> uh, you know, and I was just like, no, because that, that's a, yeah, I, obviously I do, because that's why I took it out, so, um, but is that, like, there's just kind of like a weird, like, aim about needing it or requiring it, like, an aid in that way. Well, yeah, I mean, one thing we point out is that in porn, you know, uh, people go through gallons of lube on set, but you never see people actually using it on camera. So Mm. we actively encourage that. Um, We have a tag for lube. We use, we use slippery and we also use I lube you, which was a um, suggested by one of our make love, not porn stars, which Mm. is what we call our um, submitters. Um, Slippery is the brand of lube. No, that's just, just one of our tag. tags. Oh, sweet, because yeah, yeah. it is a brand of lube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, with our tagging language, like, we deliberately make it not too niche mm. We kind of want people to be able to find what they're looking for on our site, but we also want them to be able to explore mm. and and maybe go in directions they wouldn't normally because the, the porno filters are so uh, basically strict. It, you... you end up just going down a rabbit hole of like the same note over and over and over again, Mm -hmm. you know? I'm going to jump in there for for a little diversion. Um, There's one thing I'm truly passionate about or (laughs) almost evangelical about. The one thing I would go door to door uh, um, preaching to people about is lube. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, it's have the you best. heard the good news? It's the best. And then anybody would get offended from lube. It just blows my mind because it, it makes sex so much better. And I can't believe uh, that, that 
everybody doesn't use it. Um, I have a tight foreskin, uh, and that makes it uh, hard for me to have sex about loop. We uh, should talk about the tight foreskin thing. Oh. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. And a bit, yeah. Uh, John loves talking about I that. Love, I love talking about it. Uh, well, uh, so <laughs> do, you, it, do you have phimosis? Like, yeah. Okay, I had phimosis, oh, and I got circumcised gross. at 16, mm-hmm. and oh, it changed my life. It sucked mm-hmm. when I, in the moment, um, and, you know, I, had, I literally had to have my mom like to, like, put bandages. cream on my dick, and uh, it was very, very... No. Which she talked about on his other podcast, and yeah, it's adorable. It's pretty funny. At but 16. after everything healed up, changed my life. Like, mm. absolutely changed my life. And I love... I love having a circumcised penis. Huge fan of it. But I know someone else who had phimosis, and he had fren- frenulum brev, which is like the, the frenulum of his penis was is like a little shorter. Um, and he didn't get fully circumcised. He had these like this kind of cool snip job done. Right. Um, and got fixed up. And so he still has foreskin, mm-hmm. um, and he's a huge fan of that. So anyway. But yeah, I mean, if you don't have lube and a tight foreskin, like, yeah, I'm super curious to hear how it really painful. changes you, that. You basically can't have sex. Mm-hmm. So that, but that got me, even if I did get circumcised or didn't have that problem, I, I, I would still be, that opened my eyes to the, to the glory of loop. Uh, but uh, I think it's really something that could benefit just about everybody. And, and I think a lot of women, women-identified listeners out there, uh, like, they know, like, it, there's just, the man won't always properly warm you up, or sometimes he will, and there's just not enough going on. And sometimes there's no correlation between you being properly warmed up yes, and how yeah. wet you get, right? Like, exactly. that's kind of a myth. Yeah, that's true. That yeah. if you were turned on enough or, you know. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes, I, sometimes I enjoy um, cannabis, and I find mm-hmm. that uh, if I'm a little bit uh, high, sometimes I don't get very wet. So, right. Yeah. It's like dry mouth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What are you guys' thoughts on coconut oil? Uh, we've never actually used it, but we used... Um, well, talking, okay, first of all, cannabis, we discovered an amazing lube, and they really should give, give me like 10% on every sale, because I also <laughs> preach about it, but it's called, it's called Sexy Gonsha, and it's made out of hemp, so there's no active yeah. cannabinoids in it, so you can buy it over the, over the counter, in, but it's we made We can in only Quebec. get it in Montreal. Yeah, so okay. you can buy it online, and I originally bought it as a joke, because the name is so funny, and it turned out to be the world's most amazing lube, so Google up Sexy Gonsha, you can buy it online. We never used coconut oil, but we used... Um, Aloe vera. 
vera aloe vera it was oh okay. whoa yeah. aloe vera it was okay it's okay it didn't blow our minds i feel like it, it has yeah. it doesn't have lasting power aloe vera it Kinda didn't have lasting power disappears real quick you know yeah and coconut oil is not you can't it's not complimentary with with condoms so uh, that's yeah. true yeah i was kind of uh sleeping with someone here and there and i mentioned coconut oil and she was like ugh, i don't want to like i don't want your dick to taste like a Cupcake. <laughs> I was like, uh, you know what I will say because we have coconut oil in the kitchen, in the bathroom, in the bedroom, like everywhere. And yeah. there was a time when we were using a lot of coconut oil in the bedroom where I was like, I just cook, I'd be cooking it, and I'd be eating my dinner, and I'd be like, oh, <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. this tastes raunchy. Yeah, you got to. Ch- I think you got to choose one or the other. It's like bedroom or kitchen, mm-hmm. and just leave it, leave it at that. But there's a really great lube that's actually <coughs> super lasting. <coughs> um, and it's just called slippery stuff. It's pretty expensive, but it's it's pretty worth it mm-hmm. as well. Um, I was listening to Dan uh, Savage's podcast, Savage Lovecast, um, today, and he was talking about uh, cannabis lube, uh, or someone or someone who called in was because uh, a regular smoker was trying not to smoke weed anymore, but she found she couldn't orgasm without being mm-hmm. high. So they hmm. found this lube that would basically get your parts kind of. Hi. We tried a uh, weed loop when we were in Vancouver. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, we didn't really get... Well, and then, can I tell them oh, what yeah. happened to it? Yeah, please do. <laughs> so we got this tiny little bottle of weed lube, and we used it in Vancouver. And I had read some reviews and really had really high uh, expectations. And you had it in the uh, the it didn't really <laughs> It didn't really work out. But then we got it mailed to us in Montreal because we couldn't take it on the plane. And a couple of weeks ago, I was like, hey, so whatever happened to that weed lube? And John was like, oh, well, you were gone. I I used it all while masturbating. (laughs) And I was like, you used up all of our weed lube? I wanted to try that again. Did it get your dick high when you're no <laughs> no so so we will definitely try it again and then there's there's other brands too we're reading these reviews about people having you know strong... yeah because it's legal in california yeah oh cool and, and i guess if trudeau actually does push through uh weed legalization in canada we'll everybody will have the weed lube yeah. yeah what makes the hemp lube so why do you love it so much it's what a, makes it good it's the lasting power i think yeah. okay the level of like it's a good slippery yep and it lasts a long time. It's not too watery. It's not too gloopy. It's just the right consistency. Mm. You know? Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's it's just fantastic. So, Tell me the timeline of becoming the such fully expressed sexual beings that you are. Mm. <laughs> a sexual secret origin, origins, like, mm-hmm. uh, like a superhero movie. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I want to hear yours. What do you think? Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not perfect. How did I become sexually woke? Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm far from perfect. I'm far from a perfect male uh, feminist. I uh, I think actually going back to the tight foreskin, which apparently I do love talking about. I think I think those initial. I think that may be a little bit more sensitive, um, kind of literally, right? Because like I just can't take my dick and stick it in something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I and I think that may be kind of maybe a little bit more sympathetic to to women lovers, and you know maybe realize you know maybe love lube. Um, uh, but going back, let me tell you my whole sexual history. But I grew up kind of semi-self-repressed. I wasn't grown up. I wasn't grown up. I wasn't brought up particularly conservative. But I just got this idea that, oh, yeah, it's probably best to have sex in marriage. And I was a chronic masturbator, as was almost every From what buddy. age? 
Yeah, from uh, the starting, you know, probably at eleven, okay. and then just going through that that uh, puberty where a lot of people are chronic masturbators, mm. right? And I felt really guilty about it, but. Partly through arts and culture, kind of reading, you know, all, all the great writers and the, uh, and uh, a lot of the the fantastic authors that I, that I loved growing up, you know, write a lot about sex, and that sort of broadened my horizons. Growing up in a relatively small place, growing up self repressed. Um, also, I never really got a sex talk from my parents. As I said, they weren't particularly repressive. I wasn't brought up particularly conservative, but I wasn't exactly exposed to anything either. So I got like maybe an embarrassed book. When I was thirteen, that was my me. Parents. That was yeah. me. My mom sat me down. And she was like, "I've got this book," and I didn't even know what the. I didn't even see the book, and I was like, "Oh shit!" But did you read it when like everyone else was like not around? No, she read it with <gasps> to me you. to me. Holy shit! It was I like I cringe thinking about it today. Like it was so embarrassingly. Ugh, like making me feel icky, right? Like I don't know. I I, and I don't I don't know. I don't know much about like rearing a child mm-hmm. um, because I don't have one and I don't plan on having one. So I'm not really d- looking too deep into like how to, yeah. but I feel like that's, that can't be the, it's gotta be a better way than that. You, you turned know? out okay. I did turn out okay. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. in anyway, terms of sorry. talking about to kids, like, you know, one of the things that people don't maybe acknowledge is that porn has to be part of that conversation yeah. or talking of mm. not about porn, <laughs> rather not showing your kids porn because surprise, they're already watching it. Yeah. Can you imagine my mom's like, all right, we're going to talk about <laughs> yeah. some sex. Uh, yeah. Sit down here. It's at Pornhub.com. <laughs> but like, s- seriously, kids are watching porn younger and younger. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the youngest reported age is eight now, but it's probably oh around five. And usually it's not because they're online looking for porn, but it's so easy to come across. You know, you yeah. type something kind of innocently into a search bar and all of a sudden you're down the rabbit hole. So, um, you know... Uh, and the so- negative effects that that has are like, it's just through the roof. You know what I mean? Because, you, I mean, you pretty much spoke to it earlier, but mm-hmm. talking about how what we see in porn is not what is in real life. And so when yeah. you are... The first thing that you that you're in, introduced to is so far from what the reality is, and you think that that's the reality. I mean, yeah, try to explain that to thirteen. Well, yeah, people yeah. are getting their sex ed from porn kind mm-hmm. of by default because there's such a prevalence of free online porn, and you know, people are really reluctant to talk about sex. So, yeah, you need to talk about porn as if, as in, they're already watching it. Yeah. Also, I mean, I still t- I'm a fan of the book. The oh, book yeah. strategy, because I got a book when I was, like, a tween, and I know, like, I was very embarrassed about it and didn't really want to, like, read it in front of my mom. But I know, like, late at night I was reading it, oh. <laughs> and it was kind of titillating, you know? Mm-hmm. I just that seems like a smart way. Just let the kid kind of. I'm like, just going to leave this here. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I just had this crazy, like, flashback of reading. Um, do you guys remember, like, Flowers in the Attic? <laughs> like at a way too young age and it was given to me at Christmas what time what is that I don't it's know like, what that is it's like one of those uh, shoppers drug mart books that you can buy and it it's full of like incest and like weird sex and stuff what the fuck they're selling these at shoppers drug mart oh yeah well Flowers in the Attic was about these two I think these two brother and sister that were like locked in the attic by their wicked like aunt after their parents died or something like that anyway and were, oh yeah there was a made for TV each other? movie and they about were, like, that and they were, yeah. Yeah. What? what yeah what hold on what's this called Flowers in the Attic. Oh, my God. And honestly, that is, like, it was given to me as, like, maybe a birthday or Christmas present. 
by my stepmom, and I'm sure she didn't know what was in it or she never would have given it to me, but I was like, that, maybe that was her, her giving me a book about, about sex because my little sister got a book that was like, here's a man's body, here's a woman's body, and she was six years younger than me, and I found it on her bookshelf, so nobody gave me that book. Hmm. Coming back to sex education, we we don't have children, but we do want children. So it is it's it's more than hypothetical for us, but it does it is part of Sarah's work, right? And, yeah. and Sarah mm-hmm. and her boss do talk about, um, like you know, they've talked about starting a make love not porn academy or starting some sort of curriculum for children mm-hmm. because you know right now the site the the .tv is is eighteen plus and over, um, but you do have to. I, I think a book is very important, but you do actually have to have a conversation. And be like, hey, I know you've probably seen porn. That's not what real sex is like mm-hmm. because I didn't mm-hmm. watch. And, and again. And um, listeners, I, I'm a young, hip 35, but uh, <laughs> porn wasn't everywhere. It's on the internet. I had dialogue, right? Mm. But I still got ideas from porn about how you're supposed to have sex because you still come across it even in the 90s on an old VHS. So I imagine that effect is multiplied by 10,000 bajillions. Mm. So you do have to have that conversation now. All the mm. hip parents out there and be like, hey, I know you've probably seen porn. That's not what real sex is like. And that it may be fine to watch this as a fantasy, but know that it's Mm-hmm. It's a fantasy. Uh, co- consent as well, something else that has yeah. to be yeah, that's yeah, a, part that's of sex education, which really issue. kind of isn't. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Coming back to your to, – to, not, not to hammer down the famosis thing, but um, <laughs> did that play a role – like in growing up, did it play a role in um, – like were you really self-conscious about your, your body in terms of, of like, you know, your foreskin being way too tight? Yeah, a little bit, um, but but not way self conscious. It, it, and as I said, it was it was basically a good thing. Because kind of it made did. him like need to talk about sex in a way that I don't think guys who don't have that issue like think about. Like mm. you all, you know, like when we first started having sex, or when you would have sex with anyone, you'd you'd sort of have to be like, "Hey, there's this thing you should know about my body. Like, I want to use lube," you know. Whereas. Like usually that the onus for that is on is on the woman mm. to sort of be like, actually, this is how you can get me off. Whereas usually young guys, it's just like stick it in and party and then you come and it's awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. So. And I, I usually don't come from from uh, penetrating a woman. Right. Uh, because partly because of the, the phimosis. Um, and so that's also a conversation I have to have that be part of it. Be like, well, you know, I have to jack off afterwards, or you have to like give me a handy if you want, or you know, suck me off, yada yada. But that's still a conversation I have to have about how mm-hmm. to make me come. And that's also, I mean, that's something that's also getting better as yeah, well. So because, neither of us come from intercourse. So. Yes. And yeah. why why don't why don't you? <laughs> well, because I need clitoral stimulation. Okay. To come. Sure. What's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> like what? Like is it, like is it just like why is it that? Um, and maybe maybe none of us know, but why is it that some women need clitoral stimulation? Yeah. Some women need G spot stimulation. Some pe- women, I don't know. Like, do some women need like anal stimulation to come? Like, what's with the? Well, it's um, all the same thing, right? Because inside, and you know, I don't know the anatomy totally right, but the clitoris extends into the body, into the body, <laughs> under, you know, under the vulva in sort of like a, a horseshoe shape. Right. And it actually expands the more aroused a woman is. So when you're stimulating the G spot, you're actually stimulating the internal clitoris. Right. Okay. And so you, I guess it just, it's based on everyone's individual. Anatomy? Makeup or anatomy. Yeah. Yeah. 
and uh, how interesting what kinds of pressure like I've heard women because <coughs> I I always felt like you know it was kind of a myth that women come only from vaginal intercourse um, but I have spoken to women who say that they do but more often than not they say that they need some sort of like rhythmic pressure mm. on their pubic bone or they need to be grinding in some way so there is some mm-hmm. combina- combination of stimulation mm. yeah I I can come completely only from nipple play which is super super far away from my clitoris uh as far as i know yeah we have a we have a video with from a guy on our site who can come from nipple stimulation alone the guy can yeah whoa crazy so rent that one yeah super envious i hate having my nipples fucked with like despise it like like it, it like it, which i didn't know till like yeah. a year ago yeah you started like, sucking on my nipples and i yeah i did i like freaked out i was like oh god stop it <laughs> it feels like um it's almost like uh i don't know it's like i feel like i react the same way that that i would react if someone just stuck their thumb on my clit and pushed as hard as they could, which is fucking <laughs> happened. Sounds horrible. It's yeah. And that's kind of what it feels like on my nipples. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. It's just <laughs> pressing into my nipple clit. Uh, <laughs> but the takeaway is is I, I think I think that uh, the, for most men, they actually can come from just jackhammering a woman. I don't think that's a stereotype or a cliche, but it, it's it's true that a lot of men can't come that way or don't come that way. So it's always what's the best way to figure out how people come is just have the conversation beforehand. Yeah, yeah. and that made me a little bit more sensitive to it. Thank mm-hmm. you, thank you, broken dick. Mm-hmm. So uh, and then a lot of women, you know, and, and some women. I don't want to speak for all women because I can't and nobody can actually. But some women can come and do come just from being jackhammered. But I, I think. <laughs> My impression is is that most cannot, right? They do need their nipples played with, and they need clitoral. Mm-hmm. They need something else besides someone just bam, 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 mm-hmm. which, again, is what you see in porn. And she has mm-hmm. 10 or 20 orgasms just from being jackhammered. Mm-hmm. But everybody having that conversation, no matter what. Uh, so there, there's something else I'll ask, have an awkward conversation with my children with. So talk to your partner about how they come. Yeah. 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 And what brought you, what, what would you say brought you into your sexual um, sort of like liberation? Well, I mean, it's an ongoing process. I think when you work in the realm of sexuality, there can be a lot of focus on other people's sexuality. It can be um, easier to talk about as a general subject than, um, you know, on a personal level. Um, Definitely, I think there's more acceptance of sexuality when you work in sexuality. But I would say, like, a few different things. So, um, I don't really remember like my first sexual experience, but I know that I feel I was fairly fortunate that my first boyfriend, my first sex partner, um, when I was 16 was really interested in going down on me. Like that was one of the, he was really excited to try that out. And I was very shy and not very good at communicating. And his mother, um, was divorced and had recently started dating again. And she had uh, sex for dummies lying around the house, I think for her own use, but luckily he was reading it. So I think he came, you know, we were both virgins. He came uh, into it, you know, like having actually read a few things. So my first sexual experiences were really fun. I was picturing him coming over and being like, okay, I got the book. So you just lay there. I'm going to put the book here. I I remember him saying, you know, well, maybe we should, (laughs) 
maybe, you know, because things move very fast. Mm. He was a very horny 16-year-old, and I was pretty horny as well. And I remember him saying, like, well, maybe we should just take a few minutes to, like, talk about how we like to be touched. Like, what do you like? What kinds of touch do you like? That's amazing. That is amazing. For a 16-year-old kid, that's awesome. Yeah. So the older I get, the more I realize how much that how positive that was in terms of my own understanding of like how I get pleasure, how my pleasure can be pleasurable for my partner, you know? Um, Yeah. So that was a fun experience. And then, but, you know, actually later in relationships, I did go through a period where I was like faking orgasms. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think probably every woman has. I don't know. I just can't. I just don't. No. I can't do a... Com- I mean, I probably could if it was like an acting job and I was being paid to, but there's just no way I can bring myself to do that when I'm with someone. Yeah. It's such a... It's. it's I just say, you know what? I'm not going to come. Yeah. It's yeah. all good. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, because when you start faking it, it's... it's 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 A, it, it be, there's probably like some shame or guilt that like comes with uh pretending like you know lying to someone about coming to a you know, climaxing but mm-hmm. then on top of that the person who couldn't get you to climax or you know wasn't able to you know wasn't able to bring you there yeah. thinks that they just nailed it and so they're going well okay I'll write that down i did this this and this so next time make sure i do this this and this again you know it's like this odd vicious cycle of like if anybody's out there listening to this and they're faking orgasms, you got to stop it right now, okay? It's it's not helping yeah. the world. I think, you know, I and this was like when, say, I was about 20, 21. And, you know, I think it's it's it comes from, like, the general societal shame about talking about sex, you know? Mm-hmm. People don't really learn or talk openly about women's pleasure, you know, how, how to get women off, how women orgasm differently from men. So there's that. And then you get in a situation uh, where you're really vulnerable. You really want to please the other person. You don't want to make them feel bad. You know, it's it's an intimate experience and there are other things that are enjoyable about it. And, and so it doesn't start out as something where you're like, oh, I'm going to do this every time. Um, it, it's sort of like, oh, all of a sudden you're in a relationship with that person and you realize, oh, like I've been enjoying the sex for sure, but in order to not hurt his ego or because I didn't feel like talking about it and he didn't ask me, we're in this situation. So I think, you know, that ties back to like talk, people just talking in general more about pleasure and having that be like a conversation that people are more used to having before you're actually like naked with somebody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Talking about sex before you have sex can be a real great foreplay yeah. as well. 100%. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, 100%. Uh, we are, we're we coming up to 45 minutes. Okay. Uh, is there anything that we didn't touch on that you really wanted to touch on? I don't think so. I'll, I'll put in another advertisement for Sarah's business. Go to makelovenotporn.com and .tv. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, and yeah, as, as, a, as a member of the masturbation community, uh, <laughs> I've got to say the, the site, the site is great cause it does have a social mission, but to be honest, like you, you, you do rent the videos for the point of getting yourself off. Right. It's, it's not an, it's not an academic lecture about, about sex and consent, right? They're, they're hot videos. Um, and it's I'm not communication through demonstration, communication through mm-hmm. demonstration. And again, what we we're talking about earlier, like the elbows to the face or the coughing, there's, there's that level of intimacy 
that is that makes it hot. You yeah. know what I mean? That 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 does fire one up a lot more uh, than uh, than than scripted sex that mm-hmm. may that may not have you know someone choking or coughing or a semi erect dick. And it is it is actually a lot hotter to engage that intimacy. Um, so that's uh, yeah. I guess. I guess that's all about all I've got to, to add. Yeah, definitely check out makelovenotporn.tv. Um, rent a real-world sex video. Um, we do charge to rent our videos. It's $5 for a three-week rental, but we split the profits 50-50 with our Make Love Not Porn stars. Um, so you guys should definitely submit. I actually, I, when I found your website yeah. because I was like, maybe maybe I'll get into porn. And I was just kind of like looking for a way to explore my I think own, you like, guys would be fabulous on our site. If you have any questions, just uh, let me know. I'm I'll be your guide. I'm so like, excited about like, the idea of that. <laughs> Can we get rich at this? Yeah, <laughs> well. Just like stay at home all day? And I'll, I also used to host a children's show that still airs on CBC, so I don't know if that's, uh, <laughs> well, I might be crossing some anonymous. lines there. There we go, yeah. Put a, put a little, uh, uh, what's the... Uh, a matador mask on, or a, a, what, what are the Mexican wrestlers called? Do they have a, a luchador? Is that luchador? luchador yeah, yeah, there you go. Put a little luchador yeah. mask on. A little I'll domino a, mask. Uh, yeah, there like you go. A, one of those um, ballroom. Yeah, costume. yeah, yeah. We'll get we'll get all. Uh, um, we got lots of costumes. Eyes wide shut on it. Yeah. Um, I, before we do wrap it up, I I I would I'm curious to know, uh, and I'll ask both of you individually, mm-hmm. if you could have sex anywhere, where would you do it? Ooh, yeah, geez, that's a tough one. Uh, uh, I'll say something cheesy, like I don't know, in the Great Pyramid. Ooh, <laughs> that would yeah. be like yeah, near that'd be dummies, like, like on dummies on a like on a tomb. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Film that. Put it on that. We'll on that. Make love, not porn. Uh. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well, you know, we had a couple on our site from Mexico who had sex outside overlooking like a beautiful mountain as the sun was coming up. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't mind doing that. That sounds real nice. Bridie? Um, I I still have a real like, uh, maybe it's a phase, but this exhibitionist um, kind of thing that I've been going through. It's for the last eight years, and I am really... Throughout my entire life. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's going to stick. Do you think maybe you are just an exhibitionist? <laughs> I, I, I enjoy having sex. Um, we we, we uh, went to a club in Toronto a couple times called Wicked. It doesn't mm. exist anymore. Um, but I've just basically everyone's having sex all around you, and you can engage with other people or not. And it's I, pretty awesome. I really... Um, that really did it for me. So I would like to do something like that again. Mm. There's like clubs in like Berlin. I understand, mm-hmm. um, that I've been hearing about that. I would love, like, I would love to be that kind of tourist in the world and kind of check out all these different. Cool. Mm-hmm. I really want to have sex in space. Like I want to have zero G sex. You will not be with me uh, because I'm man. never going to space. Yeah, it well, me. <laughs> I don't think I'm ever going. I don't think I make the health requirements to get up there. So it's, it's a fantasy. It'll you can get a one. zero gravity uh, room. Is that a thing? Yeah. What the hell is a zero gravity room? And they put you in like a tube with like a like a suit on and like, like that's how they train astronauts. Oh no, it's like an air room. They blow the air up and you're you're kind of like no, they train astronauts in pools. 
Didn't oh. didn't they do that stunt with the porn stars? Did they have sex in a zero G? I think they were trying to raise the money for it, but I don't yeah. know if they ever did. That it. was a PR stunt. Yeah, it's totally a PR, PR stunt. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's never never really. I feel like that would be something that would be like more awkward, but it would be novel. It'd be like grabbing for each other, like floating away from one another. Yeah. So the problem with that is the fluids, right? Because they are. That would you know. be cool. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah, shooting a load in space would yeah. feel great. I think, like and confetti. would look so fun. Yeah, you know? until it yeah. goes up your own nose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you know how it feels. Can you yeah. get? A, can people get erections in space? <clears throat> yeah. Oh yeah, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. It has nothing to do with you, gravity. Yeah. 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 yeah it's it's totally like pressure. pressure. You can still get an erection in Air space. Air pressure. Yeah. Yeah. I asked. I asked an astronaut once about sex in space, and uh, they straight up just were like. Doesn't happen. They just. We won't talk about it. There was no. Yeah, there was no. It's like even if it happens, I can't tell you about it. About that. That means it does happen. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Well, thanks, guys. This was a really fun conversation, and uh, yeah, I agree with you, Brady. I feel like it could have could keep going forever. Maybe it'll um, be a part two. Yeah. When yeah. your podcast comes out. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, do you we'll want to plug little... your podcast? Yeah. We're, we're, well, we're actually hoping to start a, uh, a sex and spirituality podcast. We're going to have a trailer out for it when we do the trailer in the new year. <laughs> we're recording this at the end of 2016. Coming in 2017. Coming in 2017. With the coming pun. But go to <laughs> GnosticWisdom.net. We want to start a, a sex and spirituality podcast. Uh, and it will be there. The trailer will be there. It's going to be super awesome. It's going to be super swank. We're going to... It's going to be. It's actually going to be a, a mix of video cast and podcast. We're going to set it up a little bit like an old timey talk show, but of course, it's going to be racy, but with that that spiritual component. Cool. Um, so yeah, check it out if so, it happens, which it will. We're trying to we're trying to raise a little bit of money for it first through through the Patreon, uh, but we'll put a post up on uh, on GnosticWisdom.net where where if you would like the trailer and, and see what you you like, maybe you can kick in on the Patreon just a buck or two, and we'll we'll get that happening. Sweet, fantastic, cool. Good luck, guys. Thanks a lot for this. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to our first episode. Yeah. Everything from weed lube to famosis to uh, lick jobs and double dutch, going double dutch. I could have talked with them all day long. Yeah, me too. Uh, We should have them on again sometime. And we should talk about maybe making a video. Would that ruin my career? (laughs) Would it ruin mine? I don't know. Let's do it. Uh, if you own a luchador mask, uh, please uh, send it to three four nine. No, okay. gonna, yeah, <laughs> don't don't put that up. I uh, hope you all enjoyed it and keep on having a healthy sex life. Yeah, keep on keep on keep on fucking on. You know, is fuck that our tag? Are we, are we looking for taglines? On with your socks on. Yeah, get your socks on your fuck socks. <laughs> all right. <laughs> See you next week.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.